Are you ever curious what's going on behind the scenes in Hollywood? You watch a Netflix show or a Marvel movie and you wonder, why was that person in it? Why did this movie get made? I'm Matt Bellany, founding partner of Puck News, and I'm covering the inside conversation about money and power in Hollywood. With my new show, The Town, on the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm going to take you inside Hollywood with exclusive insight on what people in show business are actually talking about. Multiple times a week, we're going to bring you short, digestible episodes featuring some of the smartest people I know breaking down the hottest topics in entertainment to tell you what's really going on. Follow The Town now and listen on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half-price shakes every night after 7 p.m. when you order online or in the app. Just think of it, all that creamy, soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like goofy shakes. I like vanilla shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? Vanilla shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic Half Price Shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic Drive-Ins. The Rewatchables is brought to you by the Ringer Podcast Network, where you can find Higher Learning with Van Lathan. You can also find the Ringerverse with Van Lathan, still riding the Batman train. Uh, and you can find the Rewatchables. You can find five years of movies at this point on the Spotify archives that we've done. Uh, we've done this one already. It happened early, early, early Rewatchables in 2017. I was not on it. Neither is Van. It's 25th anniversary of Titanic this year. Van and I were texting about this movie and we said, fuck it. And you know what I told Van? I said, I always win, Van. One way or another, I always win. <laughs> Titanic is next. On December 19th. Iceberg, right ahead. Nothing can prepare you for Titanic. Please help me. I won't let go. 20th Century Fox and Paramount Pictures present Leonardo DiCaprio. We have to stay on the ship as long as possible. Kate Winslet. You jump high, jump right. From James Cameron. I don't want to draw your time together. Director of T2 and True Lies. This is it. Titanic, rated PG-13, starts Friday, December 19th at theaters everywhere. All right, Van is here. This year will be the 25th anniversary of Titanic, much later in the year, and I'm sure there's going to be some Titanic stuff coming. It was the iconic movie of an entire generation. Um, There's a whole generation of people that fell in love with either Leo or Kate. There is a whole generation older than that who remembers reading about this movie for months and months and months that it was going to be a disaster, that um, this was going to be even worse than Waterworld. This was going to end people's careers. They had to move it. It was supposed to come out in the summer. They moved it back. Everybody was kind of waiting because nobody loves uh, anything more in Hollywood than an expensive disaster. But much like The Godfather, 
this did not become a disaster. This has become the definition of a rewatchable movie. You can jump in halfway through and it's like, oh, the boat's about to sink. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll ride, I'll ride with this for an hour. Did you ever expect a disaster movie to be this rewatchable, Van? No. Hell no. And this was this movie was part of my uh part of my education in the machinations of Hollywood because like to your point, all the buzz was bad. Like all of it. When I say all the buzz, like all the buzz nowadays when all the buzz on a movie is bad, the movie fails. It just like the the movie cannot overcome. I haven't maybe I'm wrong, but I can't think of a film that's like, oh yo, this is gonna be bad, this is gonna be bad, this is gonna be bad, then boom, everybody loves it. But I remember them talking about, yo, they weren't sure that Leo was right for it. They they like the movie was was delayed. It ended up, I think, coming out in December. Stories, stories from the set about how miserable the actors were. Yeah. It was unsafe. People were getting kidney infections. There was a food poisoning thing on the set. It was, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was all stuff like that. And I remember the movie came out in December. I saw it in the theaters, but not until March. Mm. That's how long Titanic was in theaters. I didn't see it until March and it was like every week, number one movie Titanic, 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 Titanic and then when it came out, like I remember I was in high school and some girls had said they had gone to see the movie. I'm like, I'm not going to see a three hour movie and they're like, no Van like, you gotta see the movie like seriously you you have to go see the movie and the shit was bomb. It was, it didn't feel like three hours. You I, it was the defining love story, that and of course Love Jones. It was the defining love story <laughs> of that time in my life for sure. Well, you undersold the uh, movie being in the theater for weeks and weeks and weeks. This was the number one movie for sixteen straight weeks. That's nuts. Which will never happen again, ever, <laughs> ever. It will never happen again. It will never come close to happening again. Right. Listen, when I was like a little kid, grew up hearing about Gone with the Wind. Right. And Gone with the Wind was this defining movie and Oscars and kind of the most famous movie. Right. And The Godfather, even like in the 70s, it took a while for the Godfathers to have that the Godfather to have that kind of tale. But in the 70s and 80s, it was like if you if you your default movie for what was the biggest, most successful, most influential movie, they would say Gone with the Wind. I do feel like Titanic was like Gone with the Wind for an entire generation. This big ass movie that made more money than any movie uh, had ever made, that um, had a better backstory and the whole Hollywood piece of it was unbelievable. It had one of the great directors we've ever had at his peak. But then it gives this gift of these two actors that were already, Leo was a little bit famous at that point. He'd been in Romeo and Juliet the year before. It wasn't like people didn't know who Leo was, but people really didn't know who Kate Winslet was. Right. And coming out of this for 25 years now, these are two of the most successful actors we've had in the last 30 years. And yeah. Leo has become the guy. I think Leo in a lot of ways has become the Nicholson for the last 25 years. Absolutely. Kate's one of the best actresses we've we've had in the last 50 years. Yeah. And that was what struck me rewatching it this time was like, man, they're so young. And they have all these careers ahead of you. In the moment in 97, you're watching it going, oh, these people are huge stars. Leo was the biggest star in the world after this movie came out. For sure. But he was still young. And it's like, what's yeah. going to happen next? Remember, he didn't work for two years. He made The Beach. The Beach. And then but that to, was, 
Yeah. It was like, what, two years later? But watching yeah. this th this week when I watched it with my wife, you just seen their whole careers ahead of them as you're watching it. It's like this whole new wrinkle for it, right? Yeah. And the movie is interesting in the way that like it, it, it gave you those two relatively fresh faces. I knew who Leo was because the basketball diaries comes, comes before that too. Romeo he had some Julia. good ones. Gilbert Gray, he, this boy's he's, life. He's making his way, right? He's like on that trajectory. And what he really needs is this big, huge movie like Titanic to put him over the top and make him the guy. And then that's exactly what happens during the movie. A lot of actors get to that point and they don't stick that role. Mm. And they get they stay in career purgatory for a while and they eventually peter out. It happens all the time. But it didn't happen for Leo. But I also remember that the movie also had other things that like, I don't know if I want to say grounded you or made you feel like, all right, it's not all on these kids. Kathy Bates pops up in the movie. Oh, I know her. You know, Billy Zane had been kicking around for a little while. Oh, I know him. You know what I mean? You were seeing places Francis that Fisher. Francis Fisher, you were seeing faces that were familiar to you and you knew that this was the guy that had brought you aliens and had brought you Terminator and Terminator 2. And so you wanted to see what was going to happen. You know that the ship, for all intents and purposes, was in good hands. And I think- well, and, I, and we know the ending too, right? You're, you're going into it. I, I know how this ends, so now I'm in already. This was the point of the, this was the thing that I never understood about Titanic that they had to let me know. Because as they were talking about Titanic, it was Leo and Kate Winslet and stuff like that. To me, the love story aspect of it prior to the movie was getting lost in all of the hubbub about how troubled the production was. So I remember when they were when I was get the word of mouth, they would be like, "No, no, no! It's not like it's not about the ship. It's like a love story." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, it's a love story on the Titanic, and then the ship sinks. That right there is mm. super fascinating." And in another way, this movie is kind of the death rattle of the monoculture because it's the it's to me the last time I can remember being everything totally engulfed all in one thing. The song was everywhere. Hmm. The the my heart will go on. You it was all on Saturday Night Live. It was Leo Leo Leo. It was Kate Kate Kate. It just became its own pop culture thing, even more so than a film. It became well, its own and it's living now because who's that guy who puts the Titanic song over like great yeah. sports moments? It's right, twenty five years later, still going. Yeah, it's a huge deal, man. The uh, the Titanic piece of it, the actual disaster element. So I grew up with this in the seventies. There was this whole disaster run of movies there were uh -huh. they, the airport it was like airport airport two airport 75 uh, -huh. uh towering inferno was the most famous of all china them. syndrome Ch china syndrome it was the 70s they love this but towering inferno which is a crazy movie to rewatch because it's got like paul newman when he was the most famous he's ever been and it's <laughs> right. got oj simpson uh -huh. and it's got fred astaire and they just like loaded it but they they, this was this whole era and then the airplane comedy movie came out making fun of all of it and then it kind of faded away right. and then it comes back with this with the guy who made Alien, Aliens, Terminator, Terminator 2 uh -huh. and you're thinking like he's now he's, it's about a, the boat that hit the iceberg right and it's a don't forget story. about don't forget about Roland Emmerich though because Independence Day is right before this as well yeah, great podcast I go on sometimes called The Disaster Girls, and they talk all about disaster movies and stuff like that. But this one is, uh, this one is like the 
caviar of disaster movies. Oh yeah, it's so well done. That's <laughs> right. the thing. So when amazing, you're watching, right. you're like, man, this is everything. Like the first, we don't see Leo and Kate for twenty plus minutes. That whole scene section just kind of shouldn't work. That should be the worst part of the movie. The Bill Paxton and he's looking for the wreckage and oh, it's like oh, Susie Amos and she's got this old her nana's gonna come and tell her about that and th that part should be terrible and it's right. like riveting it's really good it's like oh man what's this grant what's this old lady know the movie doesn't work without it because like now on my rewatch i really understood more about how the film is even about the boat sinking it's not even about the love story it's about rose kind of coming to terms with her fate and what happened in her life like she never got a chance to say goodbye you know what I mean? Like she, like she never got an opportunity to say goodbye to the people. That was the defining moment of her life, and she had to just live through it and never really come to terms with it. And like coming back to it is kind of the whole thing. But you're so caught up in it in the first time that you don't even fucking no nobody in the world thinks any part of the Bill Paxton stuff or any of that stuff that happens in the modern day is their favorite part of this movie. No one. It like like nobody, but it still works. You know what I mean? It's still there. It grounds the film uh, in a way well, that kind of... And ahead. it leads to that great moment when we go back to the old lady with the people on the boat. And it's uh -huh. like about two-thirds of the way through the movie. All of a sudden, we cut out of the Titanic, which is now sinking. And it goes back to the lady and she's telling them... And it cuts to the shot, and there's like twenty of them, and they're just completely riveted. riveted. Just yeah. kinda, it's kind of <laughs> like us, right? We're we're sitting like that in the movie theater. It's so smart, right? And everybody has the right expression on their face because it's like, yeah. oh yeah, this eighty-eight year old lady who like oh, she's going to just start rambling. Nope, I ha I actually have a whole story for you about this necklace. So I'm gonna now sit down. I'm gonna tell you. It's a long one. And it's believable. And it's, I, I just think Cameron did such a great job. He deserved all the money and all the accolades for this, even though people turned on him because of the Oscar speech. Yeah. He, I mean, look, he crossed the line. He, yeah, he, he did. He but crossed I mean, the, he crossed the douche line, which is a dangerous move. Well, but really, in a way, I'm glad he did. And the reason why I say is because, like, that's kind of, you know, James Cameron is a dreamer. Yeah. And, like, he's a, he's, he, I was, all, all of these A-type personality directors live on different planets, but he's the only one that built his own planet. Like he, like he, right. he, like he's the only guy that was like, all right, like he he built his own planet. He really looks at things different. The guy doesn't hardly make that many movies, right? He yeah. really thinks the films that he makes are super important. Avatar came out two thousand nine or whatever it was, highest grossing movie of all time. Normally, you turn right around and make the sequel within two or three years. It's been fucking 15 some odd years, 13 years, and he is fully expecting us to go back and see another Avatar sequel right. as if it's 2011. And, he and, did and that with, with Terminator. He was, same he was thing. six years between Terminators. Yeah. The, the, the idea has to be right. He, looked, he looks at these films as being very important things and very important commentaries on things. And so guys a little self-important. It probably helps his art. Well, I think I'm going to defend the Oscar speech for a second, even though it was super douchey in the moment. It was one of those where you're like, no. Yeah. It was the cousin of why, Mel, why? It's like, oh, no, yeah. James, no. <laughs> but, you know, he took an incredible amount of shit for two years about yeah. Titanic. He had to read. It was too expensive. Nobody wanted to make it. Then they're making it. It's a disaster. Everybody hates the director. This isn't going to work. His career's going to go out in flames. And he's kind of like, fuck you. Yeah. So Get he wins. Me. He yeah. he 
he breaks like he ties a bunch of Oscars records. They get nominated. I think I think they won eleven. Won eleven of fourteen nominations. And then he wins and he couldn't resist. He was like, it, it was kind of like an athlete. Yeah. It was like when an athlete wins the Super Bowl and they can't resist being like, nobody believed in us. So like, it was like his version of that. Yeah. And, and by the way, when those guys do that, that normally gets on my nerves because you're, you're looking at these guys, they're in the Super Bowl and they're going, no one thought we could get here. I'm like, nobody thought. Come on. Yeah. No, not one person. Not one yeah. person. Nobody thought it. Like you, all the haters, nobody thought. But in his situation, You'd have had to been around to see that was in the that was in the era of uh I feel like Cutthroat Island was after that. It might have been after that. But there were a lot of movies at that time that were built up that were just fucking failing. The cable guy. You had Cutthroat Island. You had fucking the the, the Mel Gibson joint, not the Mel Gibson, the uh, Kevin Costner joint that you mentioned, Waterworld, which is not that yep. bad on a rewatch. And the Postman with Co- Postman the too Postman, is another one that bombed. He had another one, post apocalyptic joint. He went over two in the apocalypse. Kevin Costner did, but yep. like you and and you could make an argument that maybe Wyatt Earp was there as well. He had a little rough, uh, a, a little rough period, but like. Wild Wild West was another one, late 90s, another, but like, same thing. People same just thing. got mad that it wasn't good. They were just getting, these guys were getting their asses kicked left and right. And he basically spiked the football. But none of the talk was as putrid as it was around Titanic. I remember people being so fucking smug about how bad this movie was going to fail. They were laughing, saying, oh, this is just going to be a disaster, blah, blah, blah. So I don't, I really don't blame them. I would have talked my shit too. I can't remember that many movies in my life that it just seemed like, <laughs> to borrow the metaphor, it was going to hit an iceberg. Right. <laughs> and it actually was the opposite. Because everyone says The Godfather, there's this new TV show coming out called The Offer on Paramount about The Godfather, which basically lays out the making of The Godfather. And it was the same thing. It was this huge book that they're making a movie out of. They got this young director, all these young actors, Brando. And then at some point, everybody's like, this is going to suck. And that just became the narrative. It's also pre-internet. And the pre-internet piece is a fascinating component of this because the internet's rounding into shape, even as this movie is being discussed and then it comes out. And Owen Gleiberman, who does a good job, he wrote in 2012, the movie critic, I think for EW at the time, he wrote, where Titanic may well be unique in the history of cinema as also arguably the most hated, beloved movie ever made. Huh. Titanic came out just as the internet was starting to rise up and merge into the ocean of our lives. And at that point, most of the hate directed at the movie was conversational and anecdotal. In spirit, it was computer viral. I remember that. I was I had my old column on Digital City at that time. I remember making the they there was not only Titanic became big, but then there was the backlash to Titanic becoming so big. And then it was about, oh, this and why'd they do it that way? And some people loved it. People were going back. Remember, girls were going seven, eight times in a row. It's like, what's wrong with this? After so there was school, like a backlash. Bill, Bill yeah. after school, they were leaving from the school. I was in the 11th grade, maybe. They were leaving from school and going to see it again. Like, they made me go. The yeah. the, the the ladies in my English class. It became something that, like, and look, bruh, I'm from South Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Mm. To make us go sit down for three hours in the movie. 15 minutes. Three hours and 15 minutes. Where there are no black people. Which yeah. is pretty good, because that's one. That would just be one more thing we didn't need on our plate. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad that nobody died. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, but but uh, 
but the movie the movie culturally had zero connection but everybody understands love it's like a, as cliche as that is it's a very common language and well everyone understands love and everyone understands the what would i do if i knew i might be might be about to die right. or if i had a chance not to die what would I do? How far would I go? Which is kind of the fundamental piece of this movie. It's like, how far would you go to stay alive? Right. Would you be a good person? Would you be a bad person? Would you be somewhere in between? Would you would be on the Kathy Bates boat saying, let's go back and save these people? And then you have other people like, yeah, no, fuck that. Let them all die. We're good over here. They could pull us down. Like, what would you do? And that's the perception of the movie that changes like when as you get, get a older. little older. Yeah. 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 And when you're a kid, you don't have any concept of your own mortality. You're watching the movie. You're like, oh, Cal sucks. And now when I saw him pick up the kid and use the kid to get into the boat, I thought, oh shit. Yeah, Cal. Good one. <laughs> Savvy move, Cal. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, and before I'm like, oh, that's something Cal would do, man. Fuck Cal. I'm like, oh, okay, Cal found a way to get into a boat. Cause at that point, you know, you're just trying to get into a boat. And also, as many times as I've seen Titanic, I hadn't seen it in a while, right? As many times as I've seen Titanic, I don't remember being this affected by the movie. <laughs> like it, it, well, you know what it is? I felt the same way because I'd never watched it start to finish like that. Oh, I'm always jumping in, right? You're always right. coming in or like my daughter's watching and it's like, oh, you're, how, you're an hour in? I'd never just watched it from the beginning like that. And it's really like you have to invest. Yeah. It's not yeah. a I'm on my phone movie. You know, it's just you got to get sucked in. And especially everything's kind of going fine until, you know, they realize, uh oh, this thing's going down in two hours. And then it's yeah. just the movie shifts in a way that I think is really unusual. It's almost like The Shining is like this too, right? The Shining has a certain pace. And then at some point, Jack snaps and then it becomes this different yeah. movie for the last 40 minutes. But yeah. And, very rarely in a movie where, and I, I, I say Jack is the hero, but you know Rose is probably the hero, even though I have wait, wait, hold hold that hold okay. it. Uh, rarely in a movie where the hero dies, where he just dies, where like they Jack in, in Titanic represents everything that is good about humanity, yeah. like literally, it's it's almost a he does Jack a coat in order to kind of like do some of his shit that he has to do or whatever to make sure he has to be in disguise for Rose or whatever. But he is as purely and goodly written a character as any character in a movie like that's this big. He is pure goodness. And he dies. Like, it's funny goes you say that because I was thinking when I was watching it, Jack's basically throwing a no-hitter for things you would have to do in a movie to make you and I like him, anybody. Right. Yeah, he's every, every single thing. He number one, he is the least pretentious person. He's got yep. guts. He's got brains. He is talented. He is kind. He is uncommonly wise for a guy who's supposed to probably be about eighteen or nineteen years old. All of that stuff, and then at and the he end knows of the what movie, to do when things are going to shit too. Knows what to he do. Has, when things are has going the right shit. instinct. It's like I know what to do when this boat is now. 300 yards in the air like hold on i it's like how the fuck do you know what to do he just he just knows and guess what all of that at the end of the movie fucking icicle and you gotta live with it you know what i mean so like it's a it's a brutal movie in the way it fucks with your emotions as well well we we have a lot of thoughts about rose in fact rose was the impetus 
for us doing wanting to do this podcast. That's uh, very true. Some, some texting about uh, Rose. Just before we get to that, though, um, Leo was basically 21, 22 range when he made this. He was 23 when it came out. Winslet was uh, 21 as they were making it, 22 when it came out. Leo, I had all, we've talked on the rewatchables in the past. Leo was clearly going to be somebody. You watch him in This Boy's Life with De Niro. You watch him in Gilbert Grape, Basketball Diaries, Romeo Juliet. He was on the ladder to becoming a massive star. And it was a question of what movie. Nobody was surprised by the Leo thing. I didn't have a history with Winslet. But Leo did become the biggest star in the world when this movie came out. It, yeah. There's no question. He was the biggest heartthrob. I guess like Harry Styles last five years would be a general comparison to what it was like it's for Leo. Even, but it's not even close. It's like, yeah, it's just he was worldwide. Yeah. Everyone's in love with him. There's a fascination with him that I, I don't think has happened with anyone else in the last, I don't know, 30, 35 years. Well, so this is what I'd say. So let me not say that it's not even close with Harry Styles because that's old, old man Van talking. Of course, it's close. I'd say Justin Bieber would be close. If you're just talking about overall fandom, people going like super ape shit nuts crazy, you know. But then, as Scooter said on my podcast one time, Justin went rogue and things right. changed, right, right, and things and things changed a little bit. That's obviously different because it's like music stuff, whatever. But in terms of being a shooting star actor phenomenon, I, I can't think of anyone like it, it, like not to this level because the reason why is nobody had a movie this big to catapult them into it. Like this, yep. this was the biggest movie of all time, and this is the actor, the fresh face of the biggest movie of all time. So he obviously went to different levels than people well, went to, yeah. and was really smart about keeping a mystique, which I think has been one of the great things Leo has done really since the mid nineties. Of we knew, like we know, he likes his models. We yeah. know he has his crew, his uh, Toby Maguire and Ethan Haas, all those dudes. Fucking we know. Q-tip. We know he keep we know he keeps it keeps it low. Yeah. He's up to stuff. We see him. He comes out occasionally for interviews. He's very careful, doesn't say too much. Um, never does like the Tom Cruise, I'm overdoing it. Look at me, look at me, Aaron Rodgers stuff. Just kind of does his work. Yeah. Banks his checks. We still don't know like a ton about him. I mean, what do we know about him at this point? Even that, like his relationship with Kate Winslet as it's evolved over the years, where it seems like they have a real connection. I don't know that much about it. So he's just, he's he's figured it out really for 25 years. I'm sure like during your days when when you were covering celebrities, like I'm sure he was a frustrated nut to crack, right? How do you oh, no, get information on him? He wasn't a frustrated nut to crack. You just didn't even worry about it. Yeah. Could, it wasn't like- You weren't you getting got to him. A, yeah, if you got like a- uh, if you got like a, you know, those like when people are on yachts, you get that long photo. <laughs> the periscope know, people, photo, yeah. The periscope photo of him hanging out. And it was all, it always would be about, because Leo has this thing that he's able to do, which is anoint you to be a cool person in Hollywood. Mm. So Jonah Hill. Like it, it, Jonah Hill goes and he does Moneyball with Brad Pitt. Jonah Hill's an awesome guy. Not saying, not talking shit about Jonah Hill. But then you see Jonah Hill hanging out with Leonardo DiCaprio on a beach somewhere. They're chilling after, I guess, they had they were making Wolf of Wall Street and they got close or whatever. And yeah. now Jonah Hill is one of these guys who's just fucking cool. You see Toby with Leo. You see all of these different people with Leo. Leo had the ability. He was such a massive star. Even not 
not like a star because a star is bright. Leo was like a black hole. Like he sucks things into him and changes them. Like that's how big of a deal and how mysterious like he really is. And mm. when you're working at a place like I worked, you don't even try to get a celebrity like that because they're never going to be around. Like yeah. they, like you can't run a celebrity website off Leonardo DiCaprio stories because you're yeah, not going to get any. He's never right? messing up. Right. But he, Nicholson, wasn't? I feel like Nicholson was like that in the 70s and 80s where he was the biggest star slash personality of all those actors and he was friends with everybody and and connector but that was the different era that was the cocaine party era the disco uh-huh. era but same kind of thing there was always a mystique with him so when he would go to these laker games it was like oh my god nicholson like it, it was like kind of the only time he did stuff he didn't do interviews he wasn't well, out there see, promoting stuff you you the only reason the reason why there are not that many guys who do it is because you can't pull it off yeah see if you do it that way that means it's all about the work, right? Yeah. So if you don't have your life out there, if you're not on the cover of magazines, if you're not doing hella photo shoots, if you're not playing around even like right now on Instagram, if you're not... There, there are other people who have parallel careers, careers that are both... Uh, there's a publicity career where they turn up and say funny shit on Jay Leno or, or do funny little... And then they also have their actual movie career, right? And yep. one supplements the other one. If you make a bomb, people still like you because you're funny on Instagram or you're funny here or you're funny there or they see you around and you have this big personality. If you don't do that, it's only about the movies. Like, it's literally just about the work. And Leonardo DiCaprio's career, other than dating the models, that's the one thing that we know about him. It is literally only about the movies. It's just about the work. We don't talk about Leo as it relates to any scandals. We don't talk about Leo as it relates to any... Like, even the women that he's connected to aren't particularly famous. I mean, they're models that are well-known. They become famous after he dates them. But, like, the whole Kay Winslet thing was fascinating because we were like, yo, they're very close. Yeah, what's going on there? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You You know what I mean? Because he never really gives us that doesn't give us anything really to talk about besides like what actually is going on on the screen. And, so and his friends don't talk about him either. That's the other thing. Don't his talk friends about are him. super loyal. Super loyal. And it's like they all have this little circle and it makes it seem genuine. Even when he had, remember they had the joint over on third, it might still be their goal. Yeah. And he like, was an owner. He was an owner. Every once in a while, you could go to goal and see him in there, right? And the reality was, even though that was the case, there was never one story that came out of there about Leonardo DiCaprio. It was, it right. was just it's just very interesting, at least not that I can remember. Well, he was friends with Kevin Connolly, and they always thought Entourage was based at least a little bit on Leo's story. But Leo never made an appearance on Entourage. You know, and See? I there was a hands-off thing with Leo that I think people respected how he handled his business, and they kind of left him a little alone. Also, like you think about how he's a child actor who becomes the biggest star in the world. I would say Leo and LeBron have handled what happened to them at an early age, the best out of anyone ever. I would say those are the two. That It's always been the most impressive thing about LeBron. He was famous when he was 15. He was like legitimately famous. 16, 17, he's on the Sports Illustrated 17. And I think if the worst thing he ever did was the decision, that's pretty good. Leo, even more famous and was able to handle it and does good work. And I think coming out of this movie, the bet would have been, I bet his career is going to go sideways. That's more likely than him becoming the, you know, one of the best actors we have. I would have said it would have been. He's more famous than LeBron James. 
at the point the Titanic comes out. LeBron was more famous younger, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I think a, I think Leo after Titanic is more famous than LeBron or yeah. any athlete could well, ever yeah, be. Because it's he was a, a different bit, level a of fame. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's totally different. Yeah, it's yeah. not the same. Um, we're gonna take a break, <laughs> and then we're gonna talk about Rose. Let's get this for it. this podcast. It has to be done. That's next. This episode is supported by State Farm. Think about your first reaction after you have an accident. What do you do? You scream, oh no, or man, oh, why did this happen? On the flip side, let's say you buy a new car or you lease a new car. Get in there and it smells great and you're like, man, this is awesome. But just remember, really the only words you need to remember are like a good neighbor. State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to somebody. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. This episode is brought to you by Sonic. You know what sounds good after a long day? Ice cream. I love ice cream. Right now is the perfect time to get some. Sonic has half-price shakes every night after 7 p.m. When you order online or in the app, just think of it, all that creamy, soft serve, hand-mixed with your favorite flavors for half the price in any size. Listen, a lot of people like goofy shakes. I like vanilla shakes. You can throw 40 flavors at me. You know what I'm going to order? You know what I love the most? Vanilla shakes. It's perfect because me and my family, at least once a week, we still all get ice cream together when we're together. Grab Sonic Half Price Shakes after 7 p.m. now. Exclusions apply. Available for a limited time only at participating Sonic drive-ins. All right, Van, it's time. We got to talk about Rose. This movie has existed now for almost 25 years. I love Kate Winslet. I'm on the record as saying one of my favorite actresses. She was on the watch with Andy and Chris. I was furious. <laughs> I can't believe she was on their podcast, not mine. I'm her number one uh, normal fan. Rose sucks. Rose is a terrible character. I have so many problems with Rose. I'm going to start here. She killed Jack. Killed him. Yeah. Switch in the water with him every, every 10 minutes. Yeah. Just let him die. And then yeah. was shocked. But I'm going to go through it. Well, actually, before I go through it, as you watch this movie time and time again, what is it about Rose that drives you crazy? All right, there are two things, two main things, and then there's more shit that I picked yeah, up. Yeah, I have a whole bullet point it. list, yeah. But there's two main things. The one thing was something that dawned on me when I was working back in the day. I said it on television to piss all the girls in the office off. So two things. Rose dies at the end of this movie, right? She passes away. We, we, think. Cameron, we think. Cameron said he left it open for interpretation. Okay. The way I viewed it is that she passed away. Yep. All right. So let's just say that Rose passed away at the end of the movie. All right. So Rose passes away. And then after she passes away, she then gets transported back. Like the, the, the scene at Titanic of her kissing Jack is supposed to be like a facsimile for the afterlife, right? She ends up in heaven with Jack. She ends up in heaven with Jack. Great. What about this other motherfucker? Yeah. That you spent your entire life with. And had what kids with. This? And had kids with. The girl that Rose is talking, Susie Amos, who looks great in this movie. Susie Amos is Rose's granddaughter. Yeah. So there was a whole nother guy 
that Rose ended up getting with and having a life with made children, made a life, got different last name, the whole shit. Yeah. She is pining for a dude she knew for three days, 1912. Three, two and a half. Two and a half days. And by the way, a large portion of those days were spent in life, of the last day, in life-altering fright. Yeah. Okay, not the best thing to rent. And she goes and spends the rest of fraternity for him. If I'm Rose's dead husband, I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, what's going on? Like, what? Like, like, the biggest I, loser in this movie isn't the 1500 dead in the Titanic. It's Rose's husband who devoted his whole life to just being a nice guy and having some kids with her. And then that's who she goes to in the afterlife. Think about how many times this guy's had to hear about Jack. Oh, my think God. About the, think about the fact that he, they're going somewhere and they're talking and it's really cold and Rose is looking away. He's like, oh, <laughs> what's wrong, baby? What's wrong? He's <laughs> like, what's wrong? And she's like, yeah. it was a night just like this. Oh, I don't want to uh, hear uh, it no more, Rose. I don't, I've heard yeah, about it. Let's be him. honest. They're divorced. In real life, they're divorced. They got divorced. They have two <laughs> kids and then he's out and he right. starts cheating on her with a waitress just to yeah. like have some sort of upper hand in the whole relationship. In real life, it's probably like Revolutionary Road. Oh, yeah. That's, pro that's, that's probably what it is. Secondly, yeah, and and then we're gonna to get to your list, but these are the main two things with me. There's no, lots that, of other that was stuff. that was so important what you just said. I really hope people thought about it, <laughs> marinated on it. It's such a crucial point. Second, okay, Rose tossing the heart of the ocean in the ocean. All right, let me tell you why mm. I have a big problem with this. I don't know if you guys watching this know, but I'm black. All right, and being that I'm black. Having somebody throw $500 million in the ocean, having somebody just get rid of that type of situation just blows my fucking mind. I can't wrap my mind around that. You don't see this big-ass fucking tanker and all of these people looking for this thing? Your daughter is having making googly eyes at the guy. It's his job to find it. They came and found you. You're telling your story. Everybody is around this. I get it. But Cal and the Hockleys are all dead. You ain't doing it to spite them. They gone. He killed himself. It all went bad for him. My thing is, why would you do that? Hey, the movie You have been a family. You have a, you have kids and grandkids that you could set up for 10 generations. What about poor people anywhere? What <laughs> right. about like what, what about tell your granddaughter, "Yo, this is what you should do. Don't give it to these guys cuz they're just looking for no bullshit. Take it and go feed Harlem." Right. Start the start the Necklace Foundation where we'll, necklace we'll create five, $500 million of college scholarships. Rose, I don't know if you know, but it's not 1914 anymore. Like, you know, there's not enough to go around. I mean, not that there was then. But what I'm saying is the fact that she does that and it's looked as, at as some sort of noble thing. This caused an argument last night between me and Kalika. Kalika was like, what are you supposed to do? She's supposed to go take it and make some money off of it? I'm like, yeah! Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or give it to charity. Or do good or give things it to with charity, it. Anything. Or give it to a museum or whatever. Why on earth you would have to be super self-centered, in my opinion, to drop that big-ass diamond in the ocean? Like, it just makes absolutely well, no sense. it goes back to Rose, the human <laughs> being she was. <laughs> right. Let's go to the Rose checklist. You bet you mentioned two of them, but I'll do them again as I'm doing this. All right. Rose checklist. Here's here's our evidence that Rose sucks. She marries the worst guy ever. Like I assume Stalin was probably married at that point. 
Maybe that was Hitler, her mom. Though. I don't know if Hitler met Eva Brown yet, <laughs> but she she's gonna marry this guy who is the absolute horror show of all time. He's a, I don't care if your mom's that was like, the mom though. Be well, fair to her. okay, so you're 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 basically being prostituted out by your mom to be with the most evil villainous person who's ever lived, right? And you're totally fine with that, and you're excited because you get to fill. Your 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 bedroom on the boat with fucking Picasso drawings. You, deep down, you're into it. You're trying to pretend you don't like this guy, but deep down, you kind of like the lifestyle, Rose. You do. You kind of like it. You like the dress, the corset. You kind of fucking like it, Rose. Don't fight it. Her mom it. was guilt tripping the hell out of her, Bill. Her mom was the whole Whatever. scene with the mom. Okay. All right. So finally, she decides, uh, I'm trapped. I'm going to go jump off the boat. But you're not really. Right. You're not really jumping on the boat. You're kind right. of standing on the edge, hoping somebody's going to notice. Of course, Jack does. What does Jack do? He fucking saves her. Yeah. Right? Because he's a good guy. Right. And then she can't even climb back on the boat because she's an idiot. Saves her again, second time. Right. Falls on her. People show up. What, is, what does Rose do? Just kind of nothing. 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 Wait For until the guy minutes, comes. Wait, he's wait. handcuffed. Y'all, go back and watch the movie. She does nothing. By the time Cal comes and Lovejoy, Lovejoy, who's like James Bond, by yeah. the time they come, Jack is already handcuffed. She hasn't told them anything yeah. She's yet. like, oh, can I get another blanket? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, cold. yo, like, like I, I, I sent you a text. I'm like, yo, why did she wait till Jack was already handcuffed to tell them that nothing went on? Like, they think that she got assaulted. It has then, no sense whatsoever. Then begrudgingly, it's like, actually, um, he was helping me and I, I lost my balance. And so finally she does the right thing. It takes 15 minutes, but right. a warning sign for what kind of person Rose is. Um, it has one date with Jack, right? Runs around the boat with him for a little bit. All of a sudden he's painting her naked and they're, they're fucking in a car. <laughs> right. She's engaged. Yeah. She met this guy five minutes ago. Doesn't even know really anything about him. So- I'm not going to judge, but it was 1912. Hold on. I got to be honest. We just got to keep it all the way real here. Yeah. You guys, you guys, Rose cheated. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, she's like, a cheater. So so let's be honest. I don't, I'm not judging. I don't judge. But if this were anybody else in any other situation, you guys would be saying that Rose is toxic. Rose cheated. Now, what she could have, she could have gone back. They, she eventually goes back to Cal and, you know, to warn them about the boat crashing. But if yeah. not, she just runs off with Jack. Cal fucked up bad guy. But she did have a fiance. Let's keep it real. Thank you. She steals the piece of the floating boat from Jack, who then tries to get on with her and it sinks. And then he's like, all right, I'm just going to hang out here in this freeze. I'm going to get hypothermia and die. Any concern for Jack? No. Should we, <laughs> should we swap every 10 minutes? No. Doesn't care. <laughs> then... She passes out, wakes up because there's there's the rescuers. Uh-huh. Jack. Jack, wake up. Jack's fucking dead. It is minus 30. <laughs> it's minus 30 in the ocean. And you've been out there for two hours. What did you think? Uh -huh. He was like treading? Right. He's, he's having like a saltine cracker? <laughs> um, okay. So then after she murders Jack, which she did. What's your name, ma'am? In the in the boat after my name is Rose Dawson. So now you're taking his name. Yeah, you just killed him. Yeah, you killed him. Now you're taking his name. She has a family with someone else. Raves about Jack, who she knew for sixty hours. Yeah, for the rest of her life. On the boat, 
old lady lying in bed, right? That's like, hey, we're going to make this, make this little like home for you. What's on the nightstand? It's eight pictures of Rose. Where's your fucking family? Go look at it. It's just eight Kate Winslet pictures. Who it's has? Like, is your, let me check. Is, Van, does your nightstand have eight pictures of just Van? No, it's in different, in different dad, things. Yeah. People you love. Yeah, right. What the fuck? It's like, oh, hey, if we're going to sleep on that boat, can you take those eight frame pictures of me? Because I want right. to put those next to my bed. No right. picture of, she didn't have a picture of Jack, but where's the husband? Obviously, nope. the husband hated no husband. it. He, no he, picture of the granddaughter. The husband's that, gone. Yeah, no kids, grandkids, nothing. And then the coup de grace, she takes a kajillion dollar necklace that everyone's looking for that could, the money could be used all these different awesome ways, throws in the ocean. For what right. reason? Right. What's your reason, Rose? No. You know what the reason was? You're selfish and you're right. a bad mother and you're a bad grandmother <laughs> and you're a bad fiance <laughs> and you're a bad 60 hour girlfriend. You right. sucked at all the parts of your life. Craig, Craig, Craig is so upset. I'm sorry, Craig. I love this movie. Rose is awful. Craig is so upset. I've had problems with Rose for years. I've had problems with Rose because of the cow thing. Not the cow thing. Cow was fucking terrible. Cow was cow was the worst. I, I, Maybe I, they deserved was, each other. Maybe that was like the perfect couple. She's okay. the worst. He's the worst. Maybe they were meant to be. Cow was the worst. Also, I want you guys to go back and look something. Look at something. Jack had to talk Rose into being like a good person. Yeah, over like, and over again. She was snatching stuff from him. She was. He had to get into her inner core. He changed her, but Rose was a spoiled brat, little selfish motherfucker. I'm keeping it real. Now, she got better, but I'm telling you, you guys, there's no way you can't tell me that that guy who devoted his life to Rose doesn't feel a certain way, he's probably up in heaven feeling totally played. Getting the extra shot of Jack and yeah. Dan, Jack He Daniel. goes to heaven, he's like, where's my wife that where's I just wife? spent 50 years with? Oh no, she's over there with the guy she knew for 60 years. She's over hours. there with Jack! Yeah. With the guy she, she basically, she barely knew. She has three relationships with men in this movie. One is the fiance that she cheats on in two hours. <laughs> One is the guy she just lets freeze to death. And one yeah. is her husband that she just uses and abuses for 60 years and doesn't even want to see in heaven. And then right. she surrounds herself with pictures of herself and then throws the necklace that could set up generations of her family into the ocean. Last thing I'll say about the husband. Who do you think was taking all those pictures, Bill? Who do you think was taking all those pictures of Rose on a horse, Rose next to a plane, yeah, Rose next to a... Mr. Rose. Was all those it was Mr. Mr. Rose. Rose was taking You don't think that he was like, hey... You want to get a picture of us? Think about how, how you would feel right now. You're going somewhere with your family and you ask someone, hey, take a picture of me and my wife. And then your wife goes, no. Yeah, just, can I get a, a solo? <laughs> can, you get, can you get the sunset behind me? <laughs> no, I would say, honestly, how it played out for Rose's husband is the worst case scenario for marriage. I'm married. You're getting married. This is yeah. my worst case scenario is you end up like Rose's husband. You're not even in the pictures next to her fucking bed as she's about to, you know, die. You didn't There's make some other guy, some other guy that she knew in college, went to spring break with, a very tragic spring break, and now she's she's all over him. Well, I don't like it. Never have. Well, James Cameron, who didn't notice any of this, but he said uh, he did the Titanic because he said it was like a great novel that really happened. Um, he said, all my films are love stories. 
don't necessarily 100% agree with that. But in Titanic, I finally got the balance right. It's not a disaster film. It's a love story with a fastidious overlay of real history and a portrait of uh, a maniacally self-absorbed woman who just destroys every man in her path. I would include that as well. This was, for Cameron, he became the first Academy Award winner to be to produce, directed, written, and edited by the same person. That's nuts, bro. That's nuts. 14 Oscar nominations, which tied All About Eve for the record. 11 wins, which tied Ben-Hur for the record. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Original Dramatic Score, Best Original Song, whole bunch of others. Also won four Grammys. Was Leo DiCaprio nominated for this movie? No, and I remember it being a big deal when it happened. It's an outrage. I, rem- I, I it's remember. It's a fucking outrage. I, I like. I no. I, I remember that being of the, of the Oscars that year. People talking about the fact that the one glaring snub was that he was not nominated for an Academy Award. I re- I remember that clear as day. You know clear who got day. nominated? Who did? Kate Winslet for the Selfish Rose. Who <laughs> even in the Oscars, Rose is winning. Everyone else. So here are the best actor that year. Jack Nicholson wins for as good as it gets. Matt Damon, Goodwill Hunting. Dustin Hoffman wagged the dog. Robert Duvall and the Apostle. I'm okay Great with those movie. four. Great movie. Peter Fonda and Uli's Gold. I'm pretty sure we could have bumped Peter Fonda or Dustin Hoffman. It, Dustin Hoffman probably the Peter Fonda was almost like a yeah, that was oh, like oh, an old guy oh, thing. Yeah, wave goodbye. By the way, th- those days are over with the way the Academy is now. <laughs> never they, do it. They, never yeah. happen again. The old Bye. guy, the old guy, congratulations nomination is is no. gone. But anyway, so he didn't win. Mark Wahlberg for Boogie Nights also didn't uh, didn't get nominated. There's a bunch of good performances from '97 that did not get nominated. We mentioned 200 million dollar budget made 2.2 billion. First film to make a billion dollars. Roger Ebert, our guy, four stars. Flawlessly crafted, intelligently constructed, strongly acted, and spellbinding. Yeah. I agree with all of those things. Uh, movie. All right. We're going to take one more break and do most rewatchable. This episode is brought to you by Mint Mobile. Spring comes with a lot of chores because, you know, spring cleaning. One thing you can clean up right away, your phone bill. Just switch to Mint Mobile. They have unlimited talk, text, Data plans for $15 a month when you buy a three-month plan. $15 a month. That's like you can subscribe to two movie channels for that. I mean, what a great deal. Also, super easy to switch plans. Everyone gets so intimidated by, oh, my God, I don't know if I should switch my plan. It's not that hard. To get this new customer offer, go to mintmobile.com slash rewatch. That's us. That's mintmobile.com slash rewatch. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month for a first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. Vital Farms keeping it bull free. We always wanted our kids as they were growing up to have stuff that came from the right places. Vital Farms is perfect for this. Here's how good Vital Farms is. You can go to vitalfarms.com slash farm and you can get a 360 degree peek at the actual farm where your eggs came from. Uh, It's a certified bee corporation. They are devoted to improving the lives of people, animals, and the planet through food, 
Great taste. You can do fried, poached, scrambled. Vital Farms bet you can taste the difference. Food simply tastes better when you know where it came from. Shop the farm that's a certified B corporation and gives their hens the lifestyle they deserve. Vital Farms. Look for the black Vital Farms carton in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. All right, most rewatchable scene. This is weird because I wouldn't include anything from the first 21 minutes necessarily. You'd, you might say the whole thing, but I wouldn't say there's like a most rewatchable. It's interesting, but I want to get to the boat. Rose has a meltdown. Jack saves her. Jack almost gets blamed. Is great. Look at me, you filth. Cal. What do you think you were doing? Cal, stop. What do you think it was an accident. An, an accident? It was. Stupid, really. I was leaning over and I slipped. I was leaning far over to see the, uh, 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 the, uh, uh, propellers, propellers, and I slipped. And I would have gone overboard, but Mr. Dawson here saved me and almost went over himself. You wanted to see the, she wanted to see the propellers. (laughs) Like I said, women and machinery do not mix. Was that the way of it? Of course. It's yeah. fun to watch even from like like where the NFL pregame show breaking down like tape. There's so many pieces to that scene and it makes me matter every time that Rose lets him hang in. The dinner party, which I think is the best pre-boat sinking scene of the movie, which um she get he get Leo gets the invite, Leo gets the tuxedo from Kathy Bates. So Kathy Bates uh-huh. positioned as You'll see this sometimes, most famously in Victory, which we covered here, the soccer movie, where there was the good Nazi. Right. Where the one good character who's around all of these reprehensible who's characters, col- yeah, there's yeah, the yeah, one yeah. who's like, ah, oh, that person's okay. So Kathy Bates is positioned as the good bad person in this. Uh, Unsinkable Molly Brown is her name. Unsinkable Molly Brown. And also, obviously, shout out to Debbie Reynolds, nominated 1963. 53, yeah. For portraying Molly Brown. But also, the hitting at the movie's core that pretentiousness and excess wealth is the reason why Titanic sank. There's a there's a hidden theme in this movie that the excesses of Titanic are why it sank, right? It's not even hidden. They 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 talk about it, right? And the people aboard Titanic that are, you know, regaling in all of this stuff, they represent the failing of Titanic itself. Molly Brown is nouveau riche. So because she's new money, she's not quite as sort of infected by that whole thing as the rest of them are. Mm. So she's like pulling Rose back and like she relates to Jack because she sees herself in Jack. Just an overall theme in the movie that like being grounded and living life and not being pretentious or 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 like uh or super rich and snobby is the way to go. And that's kind of like what she represents as well. There's some really good class stuff in this movie and it's intentional and it's not that hard to figure out, but even like the way the boat's constructed, right? Right. The top tier of the boat is all the most, the richest people. Right. Second tier, first tier. And then by the time you get to the bottom of the boat, it's just the people who almost seem like they're in the depths of hell, just keeping the boat going. And you know, you you don't even know what's going on down there, but the goal is to get to the top part of the boat, which is kind of like real life and, Right. In and historically ways. accurate, if you look at, you know, when Titanic sank, a lot yep. of the lifeboats went out and there were a lot of people in the bit stuff. Right. 
so Leo in that dinner party scene, that's Leo's, I think, best scene where he's got to, he's just not going to let everybody make him feel like he's some sort of like not, not worthy of being at the table. He brings real insight. He has a great speech, yeah. which we're going to play right now. And you find that sort of rootless existence appealing, do you? Oh, yes, ma'am, I do. I mean, got everything I need right here with me. Got air in my lungs and a few blank sheets of paper. I mean, I love waking up in the morning not knowing what's going to happen or who I'm going to meet, where I'm going to wind up. Just the other night, I was sleeping under a bridge, and now here I am on the grandest ship in the world having champagne with you fine people. <laughs> I'll take some of that. I figure life's a gift, and I don't intend on wasting it. You never know what hand you're going to get dealt next. You learn to take life as it comes at you. Oh, here you go, Cal. To make each day count. Well said, Jack. Yeah, yeah. To make me count. Yeah, he does the basically the whole life's a gift thing. And yeah. it's great. And it works. And he's so charming. And it's just like, that's why that scene alone, Leo, should have been nominated for Best Actor. Because that would have been the Oscar clip. I think, but that's like, if you're talking about like what makes Leo a great actor at that point in his career, the charm, the ability to kind of suck everybody into his prey, it, it's all there. Also, he looks like he is just totally unaffected. I mean, he's obviously nervous, but as soon as he gets settled in, there's this confidence. Like if you watch this movie, if there was one thing that you took away from Titanic when you watched the movie, one thing. There was one sentence, one message. It would be Leonardo DiCaprio is a movie star. That yeah. would be the thing that you would pull away for, like from the, from the film. If there was one thing, um, and that scene kind of like that scene sort of illustrates that. Like you see him, he is like totally confident, even to the point to where he gets in and starts doing his shit, and he tosses Cal the matches. Like, hey, here you go, man. Here, take these. You know what I mean? He's now he's actually not in their element anymore. He's brought them into his. And it's like, it's hard to do. Hard to do in, the, in that situation. He does, he does it without any pretension at all. It's such a good point about the like true movie star. Mm -hmm. It's something William Goldman always used to write about. Because when I was growing up as a kid, we had like Newman and Redford. Yeah, for sure. These people that, you know, just pulsated out of the screen. There's different types, right? Like De Niro and Pacino are obviously movie stars. But the true charisma movie star is like its own version of a movie star. Uh-huh. And Leo, I think, last 25 years out of anybody. I think it's something, you know, it's it's been able to explain why Cruz is able to always come back, right? He just seems like a movie star. You watch him, you see him in Rain Man or whatever, pick a Cruz movie. Cocktail's the ultimate charisma movie. Yeah. Um, and Leo's like that. The Beach, which I still don't know what the plot of The Beach was. Yeah. It's just Leo being a movie star on an island for two hours and it works. But I think he really tried to consciously uncouple himself from that in the 2000s with some of the movies he picked, right? Where he he didn't want just the charisma parts. He wanted to do weird shit. He wanted to go on Shutter Island and, you know, the, the leading to The Revenant. But sure, movies that sucks. where the, the charisma-less performances seemed like he became interested in. So there was there's there's one and it was a movie I was obsessed with. I don't know if you guys have done it yet. I've seen this more than I've seen any other Spielberg movie, and it's it's weird. Like catch Aviator. me if you can. Oh, no, catch me again. Catch me if you can. Scorsese did the Aviator. Yeah, my bad. Yeah, um, like catch me if you can. Catch me if you can is my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie. 
And it's because it, I, I don't. I know that everybody's gonna be weird about that. The Wolf of Wall. There's so many great movies, but Catch Me If You Can is my favorite Leonardo DiCaprio movie because, like, it's literally him. It, it's not about him being a movie star at all. It's him. It's him being a, a charlatan, a con. He's a man. bullshit artist. Yeah, he's a bullshit artist the whole fucking time, just bullshitting people, bullshitting people, bullshitting people, and he plays it so perfectly. I yeah. Absolutely love that movie. It's, it's almost an, right. the antithesis. We'll add it to, to the one. list. Sure. More rewatchable scenes. I just lumped together. I don't know what you want to pick, but Jack and Rose on the front of the ship when he's holding her. Like that became That's one the of the most famous scenes. I'm flying. Jack drawing Rose, which for a lot of people, that was by the way the first scene they filmed with Leo and Kate was the was the new drawing scene. But for way. a lot of kids, first time they saw a topless lady, which we'll get to wasn't later. Expecting the importance it, of that. Wasn't expecting to see it. I mean, I, I went there and I was like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa Rose. You. Rose, okay. I feel you. We get Jack and Rose running from the fake cop, and then we got Jack and Rose in the car leading to the hand on the windshield, which I want to break down later. Uh, the iceberg scene is great. An iceberg, sir. I put a harder starboard and ran the engines full of stern, but it was too close. I tried to port round it, but she hit. And I... Close the watertight doors. The doors are closed, sir. I forgot how great that was. Just like, uh-oh. Oh, no. Let's yeah. beep the thing. Oh, we got to turn it. And then you think they're going to make it? No, they're not going to make it. And then watching the iceberg go by the boat. There's a lot of like... How the fuck did they do that moments in this movie? And uh -huh. I think that's one of them. Watching the boat go by the iceberg, like, damn, because now they would just CGI that. I'm not sure they had that technology in 97, right? Well, they, there's some CGI in this movie. Like, there's, I think some of the stuff that you're talking about is practical on the soundstage when you talk about the iceberg and stuff. But like, there are obvious CGI parts when, like Jack and Rose, when they pull away from them on the yeah, thing, that's that's yep. CG, that's CGI. They obviously CGI their face when they were running through that hallway, but. A lot, some of the stuff I even looked at some of the flooding and stuff. I'm like, yo, this must have been a brutal shoot. Like it, it had to have been a, like a like. There's a, a lot of brutal... stories were about that. Yeah, yeah, how bad it was. Uh, Rose breaks away to save Jack the first time. That's where we have. That's when Billy Zane goes full wrestling heel. He does a. It's a pity I didn't keep that drawing. It would have been worth a lot more in the morning. Yeah. And then she goes, I'd rather be his whore than your wife and spits right in his oh, face. When I tell you that Big line, Lugan. that line paralyzed the theater. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm in Court, Cortana Mall, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Everybody like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like paralyzed the theater. Well, there's stuff. This is half-assed internet research, but there's some people think the spit scene was, not, was uh, improvised and not planned. And she just hawked a loogie right in Billy Zane's face, and he didn't know that was coming. Yeah, well, so who you guys pay me fifty thousand extra for that? Spit my the, face, Bill Romanowski. Big loogie too. Yeah. Um, the sinking, the swinging axe scene is really good. <laughs> when she does the two <laughs> practice things, and they don't I love come that close. One, yeah. It's just good. Yeah. It's like a really just smart two minute scene. The boat sinks, breaks in half, and tips over. This is now a horror movie. All right. Jack somehow knows what to do. We have Captain Smith's final scene, which they used 120 tons of water 
to pour in and the actor was terrified and everything about it is absolutely mesmerizing. And if it's on TV and the boat's about to sink, I'm watching. Yeah. And I felt the worst for him. The captain. Went down with his ship. He just seemed shell-shocked. He knew everything to do. They just gave him, he just got a whack rig, man. Looked a little like Steve Nash before the James Harden trade. Um, (laughs) Jack dies, Rose does the whistle. That part's good. Has to hop in the water and swim. Come about! And then, uh, and then the very, very ending is really good. The uh, rose goes to heaven, whatever you think happens in that, and the way oh, they film it. It's, we're back in the boat. The boat's back. I know. Everything's good again. Oh, let's go up the stairs. Oh, there's Leo. This is great. I'll be honest with you. You know, I had some fun with Rose earlier. That scene is absolutely breathtaking. It's great. They, great ending. Because it's, uh, it's like, it really, like, it gives you all the feels. Everybody's, hey. We've all been waiting for you. It's really like a part of your life stopped right here. So we're all waiting for you here. We're, we're here. Jack's up here too. Look at him. He's okay. My most rewatchable scene is the dinner party for the non-boat going down and then basically the boat sinking, tipping over and everybody, fall, like that whole thing. Those would be my two. What do you have? So two other rewatchable scenes that I like. One is I like when you said Cal goes full heel and the movie becomes a horror movie. The movie actually becomes a horror movie when Cal grabs a gun and tries to kill them. (laughs) Right, right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Like he actually went totally crazy and grabbed the gun. His whole thing was an OJ thing because he was abusive at first. And then he tries to kill both of them, right? Oh. Basically an OJ Simpson turn is what Cal had, right? Yeah. Um. And then also, I like the party scene, and I'll tell you why. The party scene is important because we already knew that Jack could survive in Rose's world. Yeah. But we didn't really know if Rose could survive in Jack's. Ah. And when they go down to the party, and she's cool, and she's drinking, she's hanging out, she she stands on her toes. You think you're big, tough men? Let's see you do this. Hold this for me, Jack. Hold it up. That's when you really know that these two people are meant to be together because that's when they show that like they can be mirrors of one another. But the most rewatchable scene in the movie is I'm the king of the world. It's like like not the, well, not the king of the world, because he says that before. Whenever they're on the boat, with the, the boat, the plays, two of them, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's the most rewatchable scene. What's age the best? I mean, the number one thing for what's age the best is Leo and Kate and just sure. our history with them now. So that has to be the answer. The and score, James Cameron. Yeah, and James Cameron. The score is is fantastic. And it, it's a lot of variations of the Celine Dion song, but the just the little twangs and it just keeps going. And it's just, I mean, everything about this movie, it's like a first, it's like going to a dinner where every single piece of it is just first class. Mm-hmm. Everything's been thought of. They, th- they thought of even everything down to the tablecloth, how the waiters come over. It's just like an exquisite movie. Um, apparently Cameron when the ship hit the iceberg was fascinated by what I mentioned earlier about how will people act if they know they're either definitely going to die or probably going to die and actually sketched out a bunch of different things that he thought would happen. And then that played out with some of the things they did, including the band, which I think is another what's age the best. The band continued to play shout out to the band. Great job by them. 
keeping it real to the end. There's and there's one scene that I that I always forget about, but this just shows you the the sort of brutal emotional toll that the movie takes on you. You know the scene where the lady who I think is the same lady who plays what's his name's mom in Terminator Two. Yeah, she is. is. Yeah, is like reading to her kids. Yeah, they're not even trying to escape. She knows there's no boats. It's over for them. They're going to die. And she's just trying to put them to sleep and keep them. Just my God, man. Yeah. The Celine Dion song, I think has aged the best in terms of it's one of the most identifiable songs attached to a movie we've ever had. Yeah. I don't think there's any question. Kate took an entire generation of, of boys, topless lady virginity. Yeah, for sure. Which I wanted to bring up because I wanted to know who took your movie topless lady virginity, and I'm going to tell you who took mine. Movie topless lady virginity was taken in watching Trading Places. Oh, Jamie Lee Curtis. No. What do you mean? It's it's before oh the that. first lady one of the one of the dancer yeah. ladies oh yeah, yeah. okay yeah, it's before that. when he's having so, the party I got yeah, you he's having the party do you want a pump right let me show you how and then, and then, and then, and I remember I seen it I was and my dad went I boy because I was like whoa <laughs> I was like I was watching the movie my dad was like I boy I yeah, here we go I was like yeah I was like I was like oh my god but that was the one and then later on. Jamie Lee Curtis came in. That yeah. you know, it was a double whammy. I changed my life. I don't want to get into that whole thing. Be, you know. Mine was Slapshot. Hanrahan's wife lying next oh, to Paul okay. Newman. It was like, right. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was a hockey movie. What's right. happening? <laughs> That'd be a great podcast of uh just uh who took your eyesight virginity with different body parts. Because man, yeah. you can have men and women. But I'm sure yeah, there, do there's both. a whole yeah, alternate sure. podcast. Yeah. Um the second Rose breakaway off the boat when Billy Zane does the Iowa's win Jack one way or another. Just a great, great evil guy line. Yeah. I don't know if you get better than that. We mentioned the class metaphor of the boat. Um, I wrote, so Mr. Andrews is the guy who built the boat. Yes. Captain Smith is the the captain who goes down with the boat. Uh-huh. I wrote that Mr. Andrews is like Rob Palenka realizing the Westbrook trade didn't work. <laughs> And Captain Smith is like Frank Vogel. Right. Or he's just like, all right. All right. I'm just, I'm going to go back into my cabin and just wait for the water to just wash water me away. Rushing. The sea. Nothing yeah. I can do. Hey, yeah. Carmelo, sure. Let's run another pick and roll with you. That's fine. I'm just, when's the water going to hit me? Any other, uh, what's age the best for you? Um, A couple of things. I, well, to me, this is like a, a just uh, just Bill Paxton. I love Bill Paxton, man. Me too. He's a, he should be. A, yeah, he should have been in there. <laughs> yeah, like I'll I'll rest in peace. Also, I'll, he's dead now, so it's even like yeah. better to see him in this movie. Or they, yeah, hey, Bill Paxton. I fucking Bill love Paxton. that guy. Yeah, yeah, I love Bill Paxton. Rest in peace to Bill Paxton, man. He's like I always like seeing him. And you know what I thought aged the best? I now watch all of these shows on the History Channel that are about what. The people on Bill Paxton's boat are doing. Mm. So Titanic spinoff content. Titanic spinoff content. Like we're taking computers and going through old ships and trying to figure it out. Like they're trying to, like they're doing what Bill Paxton's crew is doing. And like those are now shows that you watch on TV. Like we're searching for Noah's Ark or we're doing all of this different stuff. And I just thought, yeah. I watch this shit all the time. 
Another what's aged the best that hasn't manifested itself yet was our video that we did about Rose on the YouTube channel. I can't wait for that to age fantastically. <laughs> I want we need Big Rach's take on Rose. You got to bring that up to a higher learning. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I can't guarantee that Rose that that Rachel has seen Titanic. Is that oh, bad? Wow. Yeah, well, that's that's we're moving to what's aged the worst. That's the first what's aged the worst. <laughs> right. If, if Rachel Lindsay has not seen Titanic, I yet. can't guarantee that Rachel has seen Titanic. I'm 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 confident that she has, but there are some movies out there that Rachel just she'll tell you. She's like, that's not a, she. I can't guarantee she's seen Titanic. More what's aged the worst. This movie's three hours and fifteen minutes. It's it's like a gulp when you yeah. see it when you're clicking on Amazon. It's like oh oh okay, yeah. but then you got to talk. Danny Nucci is the Italian guy for Brizio. Yeah. Not positive about his accent. <laughs> it's, it's a little, it's not as bad as Jared Leto in the uh the Gucci movie, but right. um Billy Zane. Yeah, come on, man. Of course. Do you uh, do we even need to talk about Billy Zane in this movie, or can we just keep moving on? Obviously, everything aged fucking terribly. Like it, it was it the, the just all, all of it. He's the worst bastard, son of a bitch, abusive. But what about the actual performance? Because you it's don't a like little, him. it's a little SNL sketchish. Uh-huh. It's a little Phil Hartman playing that guy or whoever it would be now. Let me tell it's you a little, it's a little SNL-y. A little bit. Just a, just a whiff of snl Bill, I'll tell you something about, like, Billy Zane. This is close, close to my heart. Okay. There's nothing that Billy Zane has ever done on film that I haven't been a gigantic fan of. Dead Calm? Tales from, to, uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight. Mm. He, he hams it up. He's wacky. The Phantom, he's a wacky bastard. And he was a little bit over the top in this movie sometimes, but I like Billy, man. I'll be honest with you. Okay. I thought he dialed it up a little too much. We mentioned Cameron, King of the World. Robert Altman gave an interview about one of the great directors. He said, Titanic, I thought, was the most dreadful piece of work I've ever seen in my entire life. Yo! Yo, Robert, settle down. God damn! Yeah, settle down, Robert. William Goldman, the icon, wrote uh, about the Billy Zane part. Uh Uh-huh. He said, maybe the most amazing thing about this amazing movie is the Billy Zane part. I cannot think of another movie of this quality that has anything this awful near the core. (laughs) Everything about the role, the writing of it, the directing of it, the conception of it would have been unacceptable in an 1890s melodrama. And then he talks about... He talks about the finger painting scene again. Oh, God, not those awful finger paintings. And where Billy goes, something Picasso, he won't amount to anything. He won't trust me. And Kate says, ignores him, goes, put the Degas in the bedroom. Goldman wrote, can you come up with another single scene with that many howlers? I can't. Not (laughs) since the days of Joan Crawford. So ever since I read that, every time that scene's out, I'm laughing about how bad it is. It's bad. It's a one stage the worst. Where they're just like, hey, we need need three minutes here to show that these people are douchey rich people. And And that is the one thing about the movie that the movie does not at all deal in any subtlety it, no. the, the, the 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 boat has to the boat has to sink right yeah the boat has to sink that's not subtle hit you over the head with that the characters are the exact same way and when he when he's he, like literally cal is wrong about everything yeah like 
everything. Even giving the guy money to get off the boat. <laughs> yeah. Throw money back at him. Which money I back at him. What's age the best? I enjoyed that. Yeah, Cal is wrong about everything. Any other what's age the worst for you? No, nah, not really. Okay. Casting what ifs. Johnny Depp said a couple years ago to Howard Stern that he turned down the role of Jack because he simply didn't like the, the script. He said he labored to get through it. Who knows? James Cameron, it seems like he wanted Jared Leto to play Jack, or at least like he was the favorite, but Jared Leto wouldn't audition. Supposedly wanted Claire Danes to play Rose. Who knows? Uh, auditioned Jeremy Sisto multiple times. Like that guy. Damn, I love Sisto. Sisto never found the right part. Sisto I saw, never I saw got a lot the of right Sisto thing, stock. Man. I always was in on him. He was in a good kidnap show once on NBC. Yeah, Sisto. See, I hate hearing shit like that. I always, I've always yeah, liked him. We like yeah. you, Sisto. Uh, Billy Crudup was considered strongly, but he couldn't get out of Without Limits. And um, Steve Prefontaine movie. Yeah, good one. Yeah, I like that. So then. Uh, apparently Leo crushed it. And then when Winslet screen tested with him, she whispered to Cameron, he's great. Even if you don't pick me, pick him. She had to really lobby for it. There's a lot of stuff on the internet about her sending Cameron notes, all kinds of things. She really wanted the part. There was, I couldn't even tell from the research who was actually involved, but it was like every, it was Gwyneth Paltrow, Winona Ryder. I don't know how close. Gwyneth Paltrow, I think made sense and would have been a decent rose. I think she would have done a good job. I think Too it's refined. a slightly different movie. <laughs> Too, but I like, think she would have she would have been good. I still think Winslow was the best one. Too refined. There's, she's, there's something too regal about Gwyneth Paltrow, in my opinion. She's like, you know, like a swan. Like you needed somebody who could be like a like yeah, drink t- down think, to the bottom yeah, yeah, with the boat guys. Yeah, that makes sense. Because yeah. she she basically plays this person in Talented Mr. Ripley, right? She's March. Same exactly. kind of character. But with so, a totally different sort of yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Um, the Billy Zane part was offered to Matthew McConaughey, who turned it down. Yeah, I don't no see how way that he. Worked. Yeah, no way. Yeah, that would have been a fucking horrible thing for him to do at that point in his career. Yeah. He was just becoming the guy that everybody loved. Cameron, there's stuff that he was also offered Jack, but I don't think that's true. Cameron wanted Enya to do the mo- music for the movie and ended up settling hmm. on the Celine Dion. Then this one blew my mind. Robert De Niro was supposed to be Captain Smith. Offered the role, he had to turn it down because he had a gastrointestinal infection at the time. If you look at De Niro's IMDb, he's making like three, four movies a year during this stretch. He was definitely in his, how much? Instead of a check, can you just give me all cash? <laughs> he's just grabbing <laughs> checks. So he easily could have been the captain, which I think would have been a fun wrinkle. So there you go. Best that guy, okay, the Joey Pants Award. So the guy, the James Bond bad guy that works for Billy Zane. Oh yeah, what is he from? I, I, so, I recognize him. He's one of those guys. His name's David Warner. He's been in a million things. So he's a nominee. The other one who I think should be the winner, and you called it out earlier, the mom, who is the evil lady in Terminator 2, or not evil, but the Terminator took over and she yeah. stabbed her. That lady, because you see her and you're like, Terminator 2 lady. And I, I have no idea what her name is. So I think she's the winner. Terminator 2 lady, then she was also in, um, <laughs> we, we did Lethal Weapon 2. She's in that one. She was just popping up. Popping up around that She's time. got Popping like up. a dangerous face. There's something right. like you don't want to. She's has like a look to her that you could see her going dark. Uh, Vincent Hannon, give me all you got a word for overacting. I mean, basically, most of the Billy Zane scenes are Billy dialed Zane. up. It has to yeah. be in there. Deanne Waiter's a word. I'll give you two choices Kathy Bates, who I think might have been in this too much, or um, the band. 
Oh, the band I didn't think of as a, I had this. I had Kathy Bates all day for this. So if I'm Kathy Bates lie. isn't eligible, it's the band. It's the band. The band, the band crushes <laughs> that scene. Everyone's saying right. threes. It's great. Right look in their face. Recasting couch. I'm just going to throw this at you. I know Billy Zane's your guy. Uh-huh. What if I give you Matt Damon, 1997 Matt Damon in that part? And it's school ties, Matt Damon. I was just about to say, that's the only reason why. It's school ties, Matt Damon in that part. Okay, so school ties, Matt Damon, all-time bastard, top five, horrible son of a bitch, right? All yeah. time. Let me tell you, I think that school ties, Matt, the reason why I think Billy Zane works is because he almost looks like a dark, evil version. School ties, Matt Damon is a little too close to Leo. Like they, the, mm. the, the, they, they're Leo's better looking, but like they look kind of the same. Charisma, you know, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Cal Hockley looks like a East Coast shithead, tall, dark haired. Like he looks like he was on the fucking polo team and all of that stuff. So I don't think that works as as well. But you know who would work? Who? Ben. So I had him next. Yeah, I was going to give you Affleck, and I was going to give you Brendan Fraser. Oh, Brendan Fraser, my nice guy though, very nice guy. I don't know if he can play evil, but like uh, Brendan young Affleck, Brendan young, young Affleck, I think could have worked too. Ben works perfectly. He's tall. There would have been a size difference with him and Leo. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Half-assed internet research: movie versus real life. Jack and Rose, fictional. Supporting characters mostly accurate. The Titanic footage that's real cameron shot he did went down oh, really? 12 times with the crew shot the footage became obsessed with it they didn't know until after the movie was made that there was a jay dawson gravestone i saw this yeah they, was dawson a was a made-up name and there was actually a guy who died in the boat named dawson right conflicting reports with captain smith whether he died with the boat or froze to death in the water nobody knows for sure they didn't really have Adrian Wojnarowski back then breaking news. <laughs> Captain Smith now dead in the water. The third class pa passengers being barricaded against their will below the deck so they couldn't get to the light boats. There's basically no evidence to support this. Might have been a movie thing. Near the end, the band played ragtag music, not the poignant music. This is true. We are on the boat for two hours and 40 minutes in this movie which is the exact amount of time from when it hit the iceberg to when it sank, which Cameron did intentionally because he's a fucking lunatic. <laughs> 240 each way. Intentional. Um, one crucial fact he chose to admit from the film, the SS Californian was very close to the Titanic the night it sank, but it turned its radio off for the night, did not hear the SOS calls. They should have had that in there. Seems like it could have, it's three hours and 15 minutes. Pretty sure we could have used 20 seconds of the other boat that you could kind of see. So Cameron did Damn, 12. Damn, that fucking sucks. Yeah, Cameron did 12 dives. He somehow spent more time with the ship than its living passengers. The uh, stairway water scene, they had one chance to film it. When all the water comes in and it hits the- Oh, yeah, 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 okay. They had one chance. If they fucked it up, that was it. They would have had to cut it. Leo couldn't, is so bad at drawing that they had to get him a stunt artist who is James Cameron. The film ran so long in movie theaters that Paramount Pictures had to send replacement reels to the movie theaters because they were getting <laughs> worn out from being run. 
Nobody on the crew liked James Cameron, which is a running thing with him. But they they said that he had an evil alter ego and they nicknamed him Midge, which was Jim Backward and made Midge t-shirts. <laughs> the boat cost 150 million. 130 the day boat? shoot. Yeah, the boat. 150 million. 138 day eight day shoot. Um, but the 150 million includes the water tank, like the water tank, all of all, it. All yeah. that stuff. Yeah. All right. 138 day shoot turned into 160. Cameron's code name for the movie was Planet Ice. Winslet didn't wear a wetsuit. Now, so in some of the research, she didn't want to. Other research, they didn't want her to have it because of what she was wearing. But she got pneumonia and a kidney infection, almost quit the movie. A lot of people got sick from this. Do you guys have any idea what a 160 day shoot is? 160 it's, days? That's longer than a football season. That's 160 days. Like, on, I know that you, they don't have to all be there all the time, but somebody does. Like, that's nuts. Everybody, all the research is everybody was miserable. Even Leo, who seems like the happiest guy ever, even, even he was miserable. Um, 150 50 actors played the ship's passenger and crew. Here's what a lunatic Cameron was. He met all of the extras and gave them backstories for their characters. <laughs> Names, where they were from. Each person went through, met them, walked them through it. And then uh, the $2.2 million necklace was auctioned off to benefit Princess Diana's charity after she died. What $2.2 million necklace? The actual necklace used in this movie, which was $2.2 million. It was auctioned off. Wait, the necklace was real? The necklace was real. Oh, wow. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. All right, one more break, and then we'll finish. Okay, Apex Mountain. I, I, I think it has to be yes for Leo. Really? He's the biggest star in the world after this movie. I don't see how this isn't... You could argue the other choice would be 06, where he's Blood Diamond and The Departed in the same year and kind of becomes the guy officially. But I, man, I, did he ever have more juice than he had after Titanic when he becomes the biggest star in the world? Like, what movie is he not making? You know what the only problem with making this his apex mountain is I don't think that when you say Leonardo DiCaprio right now that people go, the guy from Titanic. Like, well, think I, how like, amazing that is. Because I mean, we, that, that that, we thought that's who he was going to be. Yeah, so... After the, the movie was so big, it felt like it was going to swallow him up. I, I, I would just have a... If, if you're saying apex mountain, that so means... So give me a better apex mountain. Probably The Departed. So that was, we said in 06, that's the other candidate. Th yeah. Those two moved Blood Diamond, Departed at the same time. Probably, probably the, I would probably say The Departed. I would probably Win say The Departed. Winslet, probably not. I feel like mid-2000s when she has that run when with. she was popping with. Uh, yeah, she became yeah. like, she's becoming the new Meryl Streep at some point there in the mid-2000s. And does she do gets, The Reader? Wins an Oscar in 2008. Yeah, The Reader. Yeah. Um, she's in a whole bunch of good ones. James Cameron has to be yes. Yeah, although he did beat this. I get it, but this is, you're not, like, critical success, financial success. Yeah. The movies becomes Gone with the Wind. Right. You're not top of that. Billy Zane, yes. Character's name Fabrizio. I'm going to give you this, or I'm going to give you Godfather 1, the guy who blew up Apollonia's car and left Michael Corleone a window. I'm going with that guy. That guy's More famous Fabrizio. Right. Expensive bad buzz movies. I think this beats The Godfather. It would have to. And it hasn't been done since that I can remember. I think about movies. They were not like this. Worse. Not like this, yeah. 
Heroes from Wisconsin? Give me another one. I don't know. I'd, I'd go with Jack. Okay. Icebergs, yes. Picasso, probably not. Disaster movies, yes. Disaster movies, for sure. Oh, there's some, been some great disaster movies, but this is the best one of them all. Yeah. Picking Nits. We already talked about Kathy Bates' character, the unsinkable Molly Brown. True. She's happily lending Jack a tuxedo, this guy from the bottom of the boat that is hanging she out gets with. Him. Okay. She gets him. She like she 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 you know, Molly Brown wasn't she wasn't born into money. She 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 gets him. Tuxedo fits perfectly. That's a that's a problem in every movie. Okay. They always go, hey, you're just about my son's size. Like you like, you're just about my husband's size. That's not how sizes work. The party below deck. So all these people are hanging out. Here's what apparently the poor people do in 1912. Sure. Square dancing? Arm wrestling? Yeah. And they drink dark pints of beer. Guinness. And it's a lot of... It's just like that loud. And that's it. That's all they do. So this is This is it. That's a party in 1912. But this is my thing about that. I don't have... I always just buy it. Like, you know, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Yeah. However, the white people in Europe are partying, we just go, okay, cool. We don't know what you guys do. You guys So basically like, they can be doing anything you'd believe it. Anything. Like literally anything. So if they're playing like, oh. if they're playing Scrabble, would you have believed that? It's some facsimile of Scrabble, not okay. if they had current Scrabble things, but I'm like, yeah, it seems like some shit they do in Ireland. What about Boo-Ray? Oh, Boo-Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Boo-ray. I would have played Boo-ray. <laughs> Boo-ray. Wait, Boo-ray they, is... Are they playing Boo-ray? Are they playing Boo-ray? <laughs> uh, more nitpicks. Rose's family has no money, but it's a secret? Yeah, that's a tough one because I was wondering about that as I watched the movie. It's like, your father left us with a good name and all of these debts. And then she says, do you want all of our fine things sold at auction? I was like, well, if you don't have any money, why do you still have your fine things? Like, how are you paying for stuff like right now? I guess yeah. it could happen, but I don't, I don't know. Also, that they're, they're this is Philadelphia elite. They right, mentioned there. This is a big Philadelphia Philly. socialite scene. Yeah, Philly. I just it made me laugh the thought of like the Philadelphia socialite scene because the Philadelphia we know is the is the the fans that boo Santa Claus and are just get aggro about their sports teams. It's right. funny to think like Rose was from Philly. I was thinking about her like getting mad about like with the did the Phillies hey, exist in 1912? Hey, fuck James Hall. Yeah. You know, just throwing stuff at them. I, I, they might have. Yeah, I'm sure they were around like this yeah. old ass. So are we sure Rose and Jack couldn't have both fit on that floating thing? They gave it one one attempt. Um, I think they could have. Now, Felt well, like I, they didn't really give that enough of a run. I, I needed like a three-minute sequence of them trying to fit on the raft. Well, see, this is my situation with Jack. Is like, if you're Jack, don't you every couple of minutes keep trying to get back on it? You know what I mean? If, you, if you're not, if Jack, if you stay in the water, he, he knows better than anyone. He said it. If you stay in the water, you're a goner. But don't you have to keep trying to get back on the thing. I don't it know. It seems like his feeling was, I just had like the best date of my life. It ended a little badly here. I'm going to freeze to death in the ocean, but I think I'm good. Yeah. I mean, he went out on top. Yeah. <laughs> Great one. Got to have sex in a car. Painted yeah. somebody. Are we sure 
Rose would have found a handcuffed Jack on the fifth story of the boat because this one guy's like, yeah, you go down two staircases, it's left, right, left, right, and you'll find them. This it's tough. That's a tough, tough so one. That whole sequence, right? That whole sequence. When on my rewatch, I'm looking at it and I'm like, it bothered me because they got lucky so many times just for Jack to die. Yeah. <laughs> at, the, at the end. They got lucky. Not only that she found him, they got lucky that she was able to take an axe. And break his chains, like on some Django shit. Like it, it, it's like it's like she like they got look. The whole thing was luck. I couldn't remember what the guy told her. And then she just gets down there and starts screaming for him. Then she finds an axe. What if she don't find an axe, Bill? It's just an axe hanging out there. It's an axe. Do you put, think the, you could have swung the axe and hit the handcuffs? Fuck no. Yeah, I think in, that in, in three I think feet of water. Way harder. Yeah, I think yeah. that's way harder. So. Rose mentions this one Picasso painting that we know exists. It's called like Demal Devon, something like that. All right. The painting went down with the ship, but it still exists now. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's That's tough. why I'm here. Any other nitpicks? <laughs> no. Uh, no. No. Oh, there's one other nitpick. One other nitpick. So, Jack, they won their tickets like in a, in a hand of poker. Yep. They were broke. Yeah. What What did they put up for stake? What did in the they poker put up game? versus versus the tickets? I know there's money there, right? Seems like some sex trafficking, possibly. So it seems like yeah. I was like, I was like, what? Did, yeah. They say they ain't got no bread. So like, how are they? The whole deal, you know, whatever that part. That's a great call. Really good job by you just there. On the one hand, this ticket on this boat, this unbelievable boat, the talk of the world, right? And Jack's like, I have two dollars. Two bucks. Two bucks to travel to, to America on the Titanic. By the way, those guys' friends were expecting them. Because remember when they get yeah. on the... Yeah. So it's like, like what does... Like, I'm looking at Jack. It's like, hey, well, I want to play some poker. Like, put up your tickets to the Titanic because you're I don't think, leaving... I don't think Jack John, uh, James Cameron understood poker. Like, we needed 20 <laughs> seconds of, of Jack being like, this is my watch. It's the only thing I own. Right. My grandmother gave me this watch. Right, it's a trip so to one America. one thing I have, but uh, yeah, we need that. Could this be remade as a 10-episode Netflix show as our next category? I mean, yes. Yeah. It's one of those things where I was like, no, nah, they can't do that. The movie lives on. People are still watching it. The movie's never going to die. On the other hand, I was like, eh, Titanic show. I don't know. I, I actually, would we cover that on The Ringer if it was good? Yeah. Of course. You know what's crazy? Would. Is when I searched it to 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 like like watch it to you know Apple TV, they did something. They did like a Nev Campbell, uh, fucking Mr. Big from Sex in the City. Oh no, new Titanic cancel Titanic or, or show? Yeah, in like 2012, Jesus or something like that. So they it, they they I guess they've tried it. Of course they could bring it back, but this is the defining Titanic fucking movie piece yeah. of art of all time yeah we need more time with this before we do a tv show probably an answerable questions so cameron said was rose still alive and dreaming of jack or did rose die cameron does the whole hey it's whatever you want it to be that's his official right. word on it he, he right. will not say rose died what kind of oh boy <laughs> craig you have to turn the camera on i think for this one rose throws her hand up on the window right right 
What kind of sex position were they in at that point? <laughs> what is, very clearly woman on top. Because they're in a seat. Well, they, right? it, it finished, but they finish and he's on top of her and they're on the seat. But when we see that, it's like the hand goes up, but it's like she's falling back. And so if she's on top of him, but it's like this small car, he's got to be sitting too. Yeah. Right. So you should see the back of his head with the hand. The hand just comes out of nowhere. It's like okay. it's just fucking right. random. Right. I see, things happen to you. You we've all been in the back of cars, especially, you know, like what is that, an old Studebaker or something? I don't know. I want to see, you know that show where they Mythbusters when they reenact shit? I want to see them reenact the sex scene to see how the hand got up there. Let's put two people in and positions and just see if any if there's any scenario where her hand hits the window. But you don't see his head. Bill. Because I, I think, think you have to see his head. Bill, I think you just sold a show. <laughs> sex, <laughs> sex, sex busters. busters. Yeah, I think you just sold a show. The <laughs> Ringer in partnership with Playboy TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, is this movie the best argument ever that climate change maybe isn't the worst thing in the world? You're not going to hit any icebergs. Yeah, there's no icebergs when, in a world where everything is 110 degrees every day. There you I go. Fuck, fuck Trump, the polar bears, Trump right? should have thought of that. <laughs> How long do Jack and Kate stay together if they get off this boat together? Does Damn, she I've marry never, Jack? I literally never thought of this. Yeah, she They does. figured out how to both. They marry Jack. That's it. They're yeah. in. Yeah, they get married. I think they do too. I'm with you. Last one. Leo turned down Boogie Nights to be in this movie. Good call or bad call? Lead in Boogie, Boogie Nights. Dirk Diggler. Fantastic call. That that uh, fantastic call. I'll tell you why. Number one, that that's not a. This is gonna sound so stupid, and the, the Ringer fans are gonna kill me for this. That's not. That's a star making role, but not in the way that this one is. There's another scenario where that's a star-making role that then he gets to choose. We move into the catch-me-if-you-can phase of his career uh-huh. immediately versus this weird four-year stretch where it's like the beach and him just kind of figuring out how to do with being as famous as he is. Right. Leo, Leo could have figured that role out, obviously, but like that role is like very, very, very Mark Wahlberg in that you need a guy who is a... Really, 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 really good actor, but actually no. And a little, ma- and a little virile, too. and a little yeah. virile. Like you need somebody that I don't think it works as well with um with, with Leonardo DiCaprio. And I think first, it's better. I think it's better for Leo that he obviously took this one. I think you're right. The first time I had Paul Thomas Anderson on my podcast, notice how I did the first time how I dropped uh-huh. that there. Right. The first time I had PTA <laughs> on my guy, we we asked him me and Sean about the uh, Boogie Nights thing, and he was kind of like, it kind of worked out for the best. Yeah. Leo did Titanic. That was great for him. And Wahlberg probably was the better Dirk Diggler. I'm sure, sure Leo could have figured out Dirk Diggler. Oh, he could have figured it out. And I'll tell you one thing. I think that Dirk Diggler is Wahlberg's Apex Mountain. I think you're right. Yeah. Although he 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 got nominated for The Departed, which he was it with Leo. Everything comes full circle. I yeah. think Dirk Diggler is his. I don't think it was for Leo. What piece of memorabilia would you want from this movie that's not the necklace? So I thought about this one as much as I thought about anything else. And do you know what I want? 
I want the nickel plated forty five that Cal. Mm, uh, that, that's that a great lo- one. That 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 the that the Lovejoy guy had, and that he gave to Cal. I want that was a beautiful gun. Like I would want the nickel plated forty five that Lovejoy had, or whatever it was. It might have been a nine, but I think it was a forty five. It's a great one. I would want yeah. the Titanic ticket that Leo wins in the poker game. Oh, that's a good one too. That would be a good one to like frame it, put it up there. Um, or I'd want the eight frame photos of Rose that she put next to her bed as she slept of herself. <laughs> I want my personal things. No pictures of my granddaughter. Yeah, I, all yeah, of this stuff. Just me. Yep. Just me. Me and only me. Um, who won the movie? Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. I agree. It's weird to say James Cameron didn't win the movie, but I think Leo wins the movie. He becomes, I think Leo, no, I he becomes he the biggest the star of the last 25 years. I think he yeah. has to win. All right, before we go, we're going to bring in producer Craig because he's outraged by the... He called it Rose Slander. I call it Rose Facts. I don't I don't know where you come up with the word slander when all we did was spit facts for 10 yeah. minutes. Go ahead, yeah. Craig. I'm fired up. I, I got them, I turned on the mic for this, so it's not even my Zoom audio. So this is going to sound clear <laughs> for people. <laughs> you guys got through your obligatory praise of the movie and then you got to what you really wanted. It's the shit on... These mini character holes, which are baseless, it's senseless slander. So what I, I've crafted a, a rebuttal for each of your rose demerits. Okay, let's hear it. Okay. Condemning her for cheating. Cheating, in air quotes. She cheats on the abusive, selfish, misogynist asshole of a fiance who she's practically been arranged to marry. Fair. I feel like that's all right. Fair. Okay. Fair. Her not immediately defending Jack after he saves her. Well, first of all, I feel like her whole life, she's been told, stay quiet, be civilized, don't defend this kid. Also, maybe she couldn't think of a quick cover-up on her toes of why she was attempting to commit suicide. She couldn't really think of an excuse real quick. No, I don't. I, this one doesn't I, work I, as I, well. I did, nah, yeah, she let, she let Jack was about to be handcuffed and taken down to the fifth floor of the boat. Hey. She couldn't think of an excuse. She's surrounded by her whole family. What is she going to do? Defend the poor boy? Yeah. Craig, Craig yes. let me tell you something. Yes, actually. One day, me and you. She just met him. Craig, one day, me and you are going to go out on the town, right? <laughs> and if it happens that I get handcuffed, you yeah. better not fucking wait 15 minutes for <laughs> yeah. me with the Craig's police. Craig's like, can I have a blanket? <laughs> yeah, like, like, like for me to pull. I need you to get it. Hey, yeah. he was just like, help me. Yeah. Help yeah. out, Craig. Please, right? de- please right. defend your friends faster than she did. Okay, keep going. All right, moving on. She doesn't see her husband in heaven. Jack is her true love. Jack tells her to have babies and live a long life, which she does. Sorry that the first person she sees in heaven is the guy she just talked about for the first time in 60 years. And then she immediately dies and sees him. Is that really a big problem? Listen, Craig, you're getting married soon. I I just hope, I just hope, hope for your sake, your wife sees you at the end. Right. So just, those are the stakes. We're talking about a commitment to marriage. It's about seeing your true love. And not, about the, and, your true and love. not a guy that she was hanging out with at Senior Frogs, Panama City Beach, Florida, for three days, spring this break. Is horrible. Three days, two. For two it was days. five. Two it, dates. The Titanic sunk in five days. No, she had two dates. She went, she went to the bottom of the boat after dinner. And then the next day, I had the whole painting horrible. car sex date. That was it. Okay. Then the boat sank. This is terrible. Moving on. Where are the photos of her family? Well, first of all, I went in and really looked at it. There is a photo of her, her husband, and her two children at the beach. It is on there. It is on the nightstand next to her. 
Wait, oh, I'm sorry. I meant, I didn't realize I was looking at the nine photos. I didn't realize there was one. Well, th- here's the thing about the photos, Bill. They're all things that Jack Holt told her to do. Ride a horse with a leg on either side of it in the Santa Monica Pier. She's living the life of adventure, traveling the world. Aware of it. to the fullest. Aware of it. Jack told her to do Aware it. of it. Is there terrible. nothing that her actual husband yeah. told her to do? What about this their members? So, like, uh, yeah, I'm aware that all of those things are He's things in it. That, He's up there. Uh, uh, there is a photo I, I, of I'm him. I'm aware. What I'm telling you is that I would like my wife to have some pieces of me up on the thing. That's all I'm saying. Is is Rose's husband in the afterlife looking down on that going, this is a W for me. I'm in one (laughs) of the nine photos, barely. (laughs) Great stuff. Glad I devoted my life to this lady. Last one, dropping the necklace. It's okay. I get it. Could she have donated it to charity? Sure. But like, what are we doing here? This is the movie. It's her finding closure. All right. It's her finally letting go of Jack. She hasn't talked about him in 60 years. This was the last piece of him. She lets it go and she goes and dies. So, okay, so, so uh, uh, point of fact here. If she's not going to have the necklace anymore, what difference does it make whether or not she drops it in the ocean or whether or not she gives it to Bill Paxton? Yeah, what team? is it? Like she what, thinks like, Jack's going to get frozen? What, Jack's going to get Jack, the necklace? Are you, Jack dead. Who, who are you rooting for in National Treasure? Did you want the villains to find the treasure so they could exploit it and go buy a mansion? What did Bill Paxton want to do with that diamond necklace? First of all, it doesn't matter. It, she doesn't have to give it to Bill Paxton. She could give it to... Yeah, I get it. She could have donated it. I'm, I'm there for that. But that's put it in the Louvre so that we could enjoy it. But Jack doesn't really have a dog in that fight. Like, like Jack is already gone, waiting for her in heaven, while her husband is somewhere on the third deck of the Titanic with all of the other people who don't get to hang out with Rose anymore. I'm telling no, you, bro. Notice how, notice how, <laughs> Craig, he does this impassioned defense, doesn't mention the part where Rose killed Jack. Let him oh freeze to death in the water <laughs> so she could be nice and warm on the floating thing. No, Just that's Jack being a, that's Jack being a gentleman. Maybe they did try it. Maybe they, he tried to get on the door. Couldn't fit. Yeah, he tried one time. Look, uh, this is one I, time Rose I, is like, get the fuck off this. I'm this is insane. Never going to change my opinion of Rose. And there's other stuff. Me that neither. I, I, I let us, Van, you I, and I united for life. I, I, I let her slide on some shit. I'm gonna be <laughs> honest with you. I let her. We talked about this months ago. I, I, I let her slide on some shit. There's other shit that I saw in this movie. I didn't even bring it up. I didn't even bring it up. But I let her slide. But that's okay. I, I feel you, Craig. Listen, when this podcast comes out, there's going to be more people on Van and I. I'm on the Van right side my, of history Van's here. Side of my Folks, side than people no. realize. All right, that's it for the Rewatchables. Uh, that was producer Craig Horlbeck. Van Lathan, you can listen to him on Higher Learning and Ringerverse. And yes. we'll see you next week with another big one. <laughs>